You're listening to the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast, where we empower women to overcome their fears, doubts, and insecurities in order to give birth to their God-given purpose. Join me and sometimes some of my friends on our journey as we remind you that you are not alone. I'm Felicia Wallace, and together we will find our fears and slay them. Sharice Holden is the founder and president of She Rises, Inc. She is a native of Prince George's County, Maryland, and a former teenage mother. After experiencing homelessness, abuse, and brokenness, Sharice became an advocate and shares her story with other teenage mothers on how she overcame what seemed to be the impossible. Through She Rises, Inc., she is now able to provide support services to these young mothers so they may achieve their own goals in life as well. Welcome back to another episode of the Slaying Self Dog Podcast. I am here with Miss Cherie Holden from She Rises Inc. Hello, Cherise. Hello, Felicia. How are you? I am doing magnificent. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited about this conversation. Um, this is going to be a very interesting one, you guys. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and She Rises Inc.? Okay, so my name is Cherise Holden. I am a Washington, D.C. metropolitan region native. <laughs> I grew up, yes, I'm not going to say Washington, D.C., right. but the region. I've been yeah. in the region my entire life. Um, and so a little bit about me. I am the founder and president of She Rises. We are a nonprofit organization that's based out of Prince George's County, but we serve as the entire DMV region. Um, And what we do is we provide support services to young moms in the area, whether that might be through academics or life skill support, mentoring, coaching, um, and therapy sessions and things of that general nature. Oh, that's nice. That is, um, so how, how did you get started with that? Like, and I don't know if anybody else knows it, but I remember when you told me, I had no idea that She Rises is actually your name. Yes. So there's actually a funny story of how I came about with the name She Rises. So I'll start with that. So um, I was at a conference maybe about three or four years ago, um, and it was a Christian-based conference. And um, I was sitting in the back of the room, and they put a, um, a scripture on the big screen, you know, just in case you didn't have your Bible. Right. And it was, of course... Proverbs from the Proverbs 31 woman. Mm. And I'm looking at it and I see it says she rises, but there was a typo in the scripture. So versus having two separate words of she and rises, it was Sharice, S-H-E-R-I-S-E. It was all mushed together, (laughs) which is how I spell my name. And it was like, the the heavens had opened up and I was like, wow, (laughs) I never noticed that my name spelled She Rises. Yes. (laughs) I never knew that. And my mom didn't bother to, uh, she didn't bother to tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she realized it either. Yeah. I I realized that like three or four years ago and I'm 37 now. So that, um, but that's awesome though, because this is literally like, this is your baby, but it's literally your name is on it. Right. So that definitely, it takes it to a whole nother level, right? Because your, your, your business, your brand is literally you. Like It really is. It really is. So, um, the reason why I started, um, she rises was based on 
my personal experiences and struggles as a teenage mother. I had my um, oldest daughter at the age of 17. I was just about to graduate from high school and life was just like not what I thought it would be. Um, Long story short, um, the plan was to give her up for adoption. Mm. I just, I couldn't do it. I just like, I, I cannot do this mom thing. I got things that I need to do and things that I want to do. And that does not include a baby on my hip. Yeah. Well, when I gave birth, the um, the adopted, the proposed adopted family was in the delivery room. Mm-hmm. The wife held my hand, and after I gave birth, I changed my mind. Wow! With the with the uh, sort of coaching from my mom, saying, you know, I really think you should keep the baby. I really think you should keep the baby. I'm like, I don't know. Um, But she, you know, she kept saying, we can do this. I'll help you. And so I decided to keep the baby. So I was 17. Um, I graduated from high school on time. I think that was one of my uh, biggest accomplishments in life was I had my daughter in February and I still walked across that stage in May. Yes. Um, but things were hard. Um, unfortunately, my mom was not able to give me the support that she had promised. Mm. And like I was struggling, I was making $5 an hour, $5.25 an hour at an arcade in the mall, literally scraping gum off the floor. And um, the dad was not involved, did not want to be involved. So I was really doing this um, by, by myself. Yeah. Um, we had lost our apartment. And so I basically was homeless. I had no place to stay, no place to go, just bouncing from place to place with a baby on my hip. And it just, it was not working. Wow. And so all that summer, I was really, really trying hard, really just trying to make it work. Like, okay, yeah. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. And I just I couldn't. So in September of that year, um, I made an appointment with my, um, my pastor at that time. And, you know, just to talk about options that I had uh, as far as, you know, giving the baby up for adoption Mm. uh, because I just, it was what was best for her. And so I walked away from that meeting that morning with a plan to give her away for adoption because that was what was best because I could, I gave it a try for a good solid seven months, but it just wasn't working. Yeah. And so I went back to, my friend's place where I was staying and um, there was a message on the answering machine. Do you guys remember answering machines? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> a even, <laughs> like a legitimate answering machine with the blinking you light. <laughs> you had a blinking light and a tape and you had to rewind it and Lord forbid if you ran out of space on your tape. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there was an answer machine message for me and I listened to it and it was my boss and she had said, um, Hey Sharice, um, given everything that's going on today, we're closing um, early. You don't have to come into work today. And once things calm down, you know, we'll put you back on the schedule. And so I'm oblivious to what's going on in the world. I'm like, what is this woman talking about? Did I just get fired or whatever? Wow. And I know, right? And so I actually turned on the news and it happened to be that that day was 9-11. What? Uh, We had just experienced the terrorist attacks in um, New York and in the Pentagon. And so everything was like up in a roar because this like our country was under attack. And so it was just scary, scary times. And so that entire day 
I just sat there like glued to the news, um, looking at all the, the tragedy that was happening and just all these crazy things that were happening. Sorry, that was my alarm going off. Um, all these crazy things that were happening in the world. And I, I had to have a, what I like to call uh, my come to Jesus moment. And mm. it was in that moment that I decided, wow, all of these people have lost their lives. Well, they've lost family members. They've lost sons and daughters and mothers and brothers and cousins and grandchildren. And I have this amazing life in front of me and mm. I want to give it away because wow. it's hard. Wow. And so it was in that moment that I decided that I was going to be a mom. I was just going to put my head down and do the work. Um, so actually every year, my daughter and I, she's 19 now, we celebrate 9-11, not as a day of doom and gloom, but we celebrate it as Mother's Day because wow. it was the moment that I decided to become a mother. Man, Sharice, you got me over back. here tearing up. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in every week. Your support does not go unnoticed. If you truly love this podcast, please remember to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah. So, and that's what, yeah, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> but from there, 19 years later, I just put my head down and I just did the work. Yeah. I enrolled in school. I went back to college and, you know, I got a better paying job and I worked full time and I went to school full time. And I did, there was lots of sleepless nights, yeah, I'm like, sure. but I had to do what I needed to do because I promised that girl on 9-11 that I was going to be the best mom that I could be. No matter what it took, yeah. I was going to do it and get it done. Now, of course, there was moments of, you know, the doubt that did I make the right decision? Yeah. Was this, you know, because there was times where we really did have to go without. Um, and that had to do a lot with me and, and my issues of pride. I didn't want to... Um, I felt some kind of way that I didn't want to be stigmatized. Like, Oh, she went on welfare and she got this and she got that. Yeah. And so I said no to all of that government help. I was like, I do not mm. want it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it myself. And sometimes I had to go back and forth. Like, did I make that? Did I make yeah. the right decision? Like, wow. you know, but I wanted to say that at the end of the day, I did it on my own. Yeah. Like this was mommy working hard. Yeah. No, I I totally understand that. Thank you for sharing that. Like that's a very transparent thing. You know, like the fact that you had two, you literally had two opportunities to, you know, um, give your daughter up for adoption and both times you were stopped, you know, like it was, that wasn't what was supposed to, it wasn't what was supposed to happen, you know, and I know you're grateful for it now. She's grateful for it now. Um, and out of, that story came this organization and this business to be able to bless other people. So first of all, thank you for that. Like a lot of us don't realize the things that we go through are to benefit other people later on. We don't see it in the midst of our struggle or in the midst of our, you know, our situation because you're just focused on you and you're trying to just get through and make it through. But because of that, you're, you know, you're here and I'm, I'm grateful for that. So you mentioned it a little bit. How did has self-doubt shown up in your journey? Oh my goodness. Well, well, especially with starting <laughs> She Rises because I really didn't start playing around with the idea until maybe like three years ago. Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I really would like to, you know, give back. Now that I'm on the other side of this, I want to be able to give back. And so I, I just kept playing around with the idea. And then once I really had made up my mind to yeah. do it, 
like really made up my mind to do it, that's when all the doubt came in. Like, who do you mm. think you are? You don't know anything about starting it up a business. You don't know anything about starting a nonprofit. Who were you going to help? Yeah. Like it was just, it was so loud. And one of the things that I always say that I struggle with personally is I don't know how syndrome. And it is mm. a real thing. Like mm. for me and my personality is if I know that I can't win, if I know I'm not going to do something and do it to my best ability, I will not do it. Like you should, I just, I you're don't just not like even going to try. <laughs> no, no, I like to win. <laughs> I like, I like when the odds are in my favor. <laughs> and so I'm just saying, I mean, that's uh, I've already had a, it's honest. I've already been through enough life situation where the odds were not in my yeah, favor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can understand and that. And so I wanted to make sure I put myself in a position like if I know I'm going to win at this, let's do it. But if it looks like there's like there's no way and that's just like <laughs> not right. We're not I doing that, right? You, no, we're not doing that. Let's focus on things that we can do. <laughs> yeah, I can. Um, and I just, I just kept going back and forth and I felt like God slapped me upside the head. Let me tell you about this joker. I was watching a sermon one day I, and I can tell you the name of the sermon. It was called Let the Dirt Do Its Work by Pastor Stephen Furtick from Elevation Church. Uh, and there was a small snippet in that sermon where he said, you don't have to know how, you just need to know who. Mm. I was like, are you serious? Okay, wow. God, you got serious <laughs> jokes. You got serious jokes. And then after that, it was sort of like, okay, God, you told me I don't have to know how. I just need to know who. And I know you. So we're going to make this work. Yeah. And I kid you not, he has strategically put the most random people in my life mm. at the right time. People who had the right information that I needed at that given yeah. moment. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. And so, um, I, okay, how do you start this nonprofit? I don't know. Right. So my, um, I was on Eventbrite one day, just scrolling, looking for fun things to do. And you know what I come across? I come across when I opened up my, my app, how to start a nonprofit hosted by Congressman Brown. <laughs> and it was free. And it was right around the corner from my house. Listen. But wait, there's more. It gets better. It gets better. I can't make this stuff up. I can't make this <laughs> stuff up. Then um, I'm checking my email on a Saturday morning and I see that my neighbor emailed me. I'm like, why is my neighbor emailing me? She could have just called me. And she goes, I don't know why I got this, but I think you might need this. Guess what the caption was? What? How to start a nonprofit. Come on now. <laughs> I don't make this stuff up. It gets better. It gets better. I'm having lunch with a girlfriend. I've probably known this chick for 10 years and I knew where she worked, but I didn't know what she did. And she's telling me about this presentation that she has to give at work and how she's really nervous about it. I said, oh, what's the presentation about? How to start a nonprofit <laughs> and sustain it? I was like, shut up, God. You got jokes. Just oh, my goodness. And, and, and listen to that. That's three. Craziness. The, that's that's three. 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 Confirmation right there. That And I relate to that so much because that's how he works with me as well. Like, if there's certain things, it'll come up three times and I'll be like, you know, it's either to get my attention or to let me know, yes, that thought that you had, that idea, that feeling, that thing that I already asked you to do that you keep playing around with, 
like, yes, I'm, I'm showing you this. It's coming up because this is what I want. And that means to move now. Like when you have and those kind of promptings, it's now. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, it was uh, a message here. And then three months later, mm -hmm, a message. Mm -hmm. They were all back to back. Yes. Yes. All back to back. And I was like, okay, let me do what I do best. Let me go to the library. Yes, I still go to libraries, guys. <laughs> it's my happy place. It's my happy place. It is very quiet to, in there. It's quiet. <laughs> and I don't like reading ebooks. <laughs> I want to turn pages. And so I went to the library and I got a book, How to Start a Nonprofit for Dummies. <laughs> not wow. joking. Because I just didn't know. Yeah. And it's okay not knowing. Yes. It's okay yes. not to know. You know, and I think once I overcame the fear and the doubt that I had to know everything mm, at that very moment, mm. that's when I started to feel the release. Yeah. Cause that you not know, like wanting to know everything, that's also a sense of like control, right? Like everything up until that moment, like you said, with the odds being stacked against you, you've had to, you, you really wanted you you knew what you wanted the end to look like. So you controlled how you went about it so that you could could be the best mom that you wanted to be, right? But walking into something, you know, in how to start a nonprofit, not knowing, you can't control what you don't know. And exactly. so if you and can't I'm control, control it, listen, <laughs> me too, okay? <laughs> so I get it. So it's like, it's not only it's the starting of the new thing, but it's also that you can't control the outcome. You're like, why? <laughs> why would I even go down an avenue where I can't? But when you're led to do something, it's not about you. You know, whenever I do things that has to, you know, even doing these podcasts or um, anything that has to do with the, you know, science of doubt, I'm always reminded. I'm like, this came from God. God gave me this idea. I did not think of this. I did not say I wanted to do it. I'm like a year, probably like two years before I even quit my job I remember telling my sister like driving on my way to work saying I don't ever want to be nobody's entrepreneur I'm okay with being a boss in somebody else's job but I don't want to own my own thing it's too much risk I don't like that I'm not I can't control that and God said oh, okay then <laughs> and then boom here we are you know so that is oh man the confirmation back to back for you to so all right you get started you get the information you go ahead and like what is what is like as you start to do that how does the self-doubt show up in the in the journey of building the business because now you have to go out and you have to reach people right because Ooh. you like you know what you're trying to do but now you need to get people on board with what you're trying to do right so how and tell me about tell that you, that is the hardest part because when you're a nonprofit you don't own it. It's supposed to benefit the community, mm -hmm. but you have to get other people to buy into your vision. Yeah. And you know, when you start to get people who tell you no, or I've gotten a lot of times, well, there's already organizations that do what you do. I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. but they don't, they're not going to do it the way that I'm going to do it. Right. Um, it, it, it starts to play tricks on your mind. Cause I'm like, okay, is this right? Mm -hmm. Should I just partner with a bigger organization, a more more established organization to, to reach more people. Yeah. And I, and I kept saying, you know what? That's not what God said. Hmm. No, hmm. that's not what he said. Yeah. That's not what he said. And so that became really difficult. Just trying to have people buy into my vision. Hmm. Yeah. Because nonprofits are basically uh, funded by people 
who believe in you and, you, and your vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if they, if they don't see where you're trying to go with it, you're not getting any money. Yeah. Not only that, but you're not going to get the volunteer support that you need because they don't see it. Yeah, that's so true. And I, you know, I don't even, I didn't even think about it in that way because it's about, it's literary community, right? So it's who you're connected with because then they also do the, you know, who you're um, partnering with. They also do the advertisement for you. And then you have to be mindful of who you partner with, right? Because they represent you. As, you know, and so you want to make sure that you're making the you right choice. That. that is hard too. That is very, very hard too. Is because when something's so personal and intimate about the what you're trying to do, yeah. it's your baby. It yeah. really is your baby. And so you're you're trying to pick and choose, and then you're like, but I need help. Right, right. But I want to pick the right help. But then I also don't have the luxury of taking my time because I'm trying to honor what God told me to do. Yeah, yeah. And there's just a balance there. And then I start to, once again, with the self-doubt, am I equipped to do this? Yeah. Like, am I equipped to lead people? That's a whole journey in itself. It's yeah. like, okay, once you get your board established, people are looking to you for direction. Yeah. And it's different from, you know, leading your family and things like that, leading people who are not related to you in a business setting really is hard on your mindset. Like there would be times where we would have a meeting and then after the meeting, I'm like, oh my God, these people are going to quit because I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I'm Mm. all over the place. Like, did I say that right? And you know me, once again, I open up a book, I listen to a podcast to sort of build myself back up. Yeah. And I'm trying to extend myself some grace, but it's so hard because in my head, I'm 10 years out. But mm. where I am physically right now is like in the beginning stages. Yeah. So it's sort of hard to catch, to stay sort of in sync with where my head is and where I'm actually going, yeah. where I'm actually at at the moment. No, that that's hard. Yeah, it's very hard. That's so true because I think that once you and I, I'm sure every um, entrepreneur can relate to this. Like you hear people say, God will either give you the path or He'll give you the end, right? And so most of us get the both. end, right? You ain't getting both, uh, and most of us get the end. And so when you see the end, you like, this ain't how how we getting. <laughs> I, I don't know where y'all going, but in order for me to get to where he showed me what, what it is it's supposed to look like, how do I, you know, so you're trying to navigate what he's telling you and then also look confident, you know, like you said, yes, in your abilities, confident. yes, to be able to tell people like, no, we're, mm-hmm. this is the way to go. I'm sure. Is it? Please let me know. Yeah. That. And you know, it's, you know, what else is really hard, you know, as far as the confidence piece of it is when you have more experienced people surrounded surrounding you wow yeah you know you're and you're comparing yourself well i'm not this person because i don't have the skill set so maybe i should sort of you know wing back a little bit and let them do what they do and you know take their advice because they know they know what's best you know yeah so that's hard too because I always say that it's a we versus me approach mm-hmm. while the prof, while the organization has my name up on it. It's not about me. It's about all of the people um, whose lives will be changed because of something that we did together. Yeah. And part of that is sometimes I draw back because I don't want to be that leader who's sort of like a dictator, 
but I also know the direction of where we're going. Yeah. And I think that, that, that so there's you have- definitely a balancing act. Yeah, you definitely have to be. And and the thing about it is, like you said it earlier, I don't um, about God connecting the people that you need at the time. And so sometimes He'll give you what it is that you you lack in, or like you said, He'll give you somebody who's better in it in that area than you are, or more seasoned in it, so that that's one thing you don't have to worry about. But the issue is that because we're control freaks. We try to control the whole thing and we don't realize that that until later that guess what? That's their ministry. That's their gift. Why are you in their lane? Let me get back over here because if my job is my job, if you can do that and I, you know, I've had the discernment and I trust that God has led me in this direction, then that's what I need to focus on. And I need to be able to do that. Um, and you know, it's easier said than done when you have, when you're working with people. And you know what? You know, you also have to have confidence in yourself. And I'm working through this. Mm-hmm, I'm like at mm-hmm. stage negative eight right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm in the negative, but I'm working towards the positive side. <laughs> you have to have the confidence that when you feel a strong prompting to let someone go, mm. you have to believe that. Yeah. And that yeah. is hard. And it has nothing to do with you as a person yeah and that is hard stuff to deal with because in my world you know it's rainbows and sunshine and we're all eating cupcakes singing kumbaya but that's not the real world in the real world you bring people on you get connected with people and sometimes those relationships come to their end yeah sometimes people phase out and it has nothing to do with you as a person or your capabilities as a leader yeah yeah, because the, everybody, yeah, I think the important part about that is, is that everybody comes onto our path at different times, but then they also have their own path, you know? And so whatever reason that they were sent to be with us for that moment, then you utilize that and you create whatever it is you're supposed to create in that season. And then if it's time for those people to move forward, then you be, you know, you have to, it, that happens on your regular job, you know, like being a leader sure at does. my previous job, I've had people who, you know, um, resigned and went on to do other things. And no matter how much I felt like, oh, this person has been great to me and it's going to help me. Like you can't hold on to people when it's time for them to go. And sometimes, you know, it's the, again, it's the control thing, but you have to have that. Um, I remember a young lady in my old job, like she had been with me for such a long time. And when it was time for her to like, she was like, she really needed to go. And prior to her actually putting in her resignation, she was just like, you gonna let me go? And I was just like, I don't know. Cause she, she did a lot. And so I was like, uh, do I, don't I? But then I was like, how does that serve her? by me being selfish and holding on to her because I'm going to end up either having to give somebody else to do that work or the work that I gave her do it myself, whatever the case may be. But when the time came, I told her, go, you go and you can't come back. That was always my rule. Like, because if you're meant to leave this place, that's what you're supposed to do. Like that's growth that is going forward. You can't say, um, I'm too scared. I want to stay. And she left and went on to flourish. And she always says, I thank you for letting me go. And sometimes, like you said, you have to know that it's bigger than you, right? You can't force people to stay. Or when you know it's time to let people go, some people's time is just up. Like, thanks for coming out. God bless and good night. <laughs> and that's the end of exactly. that. And that's true. And that's the truth because you also have to be confident in 
what you were told to do. Yep. And if this person is no longer a part of that journey, yeah. if you keep that person in your life or on your team or whatever, it will be detrimental to what you're trying to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. And you got, you have to listen like, to that, to that prompting and to that. And that was hard. That yeah. Was hard. It's, like, it's, you know, cause once again, I don't like hurting people's feelings. Yeah. You know, let's, let's work it out. Let's because it's, they're, along, people. They're, they're people. They're people. And, and you're a person. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, yeah. I, I am. I'm a magical <laughs> unicorn. But. <laughs> that's very true and it's it's part of my leadership style that i want it to be like a i don't know i just i'm just not a dictator that's what i like to right call it. i know i totally <laughs> i totally get it i'm, I'm definitely and it's hard because there's some places that really really thrive because they have a strong dictator type and they get things done yeah but that's yeah. not how i want to choose to lead and i often say is this the right way to do things it's, it's, should i should i should i be doing it this way like i'm yeah. always second guessing myself like sometimes I get stuck in um thinking about the same question for like weeks mm. like legit weeks and I'm like dude you need to like chill out yeah like I get so stuck in my head with making decisions sometimes that it's paralyzing yeah that definitely um I, I feel you. This is, you know, <laughs> slaying self-doubt. Like I said, it is a journey. It's not something that happens overnight because every time something happens, you'll, you know, you gotta, it, 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 it'll come right back. So what have you learned about yourself doing this journey that you didn't know before? Do you want a daily reminder that we are on this journey together? The Slaying Self-Doubt Apparel and Accessory line is your everyday reminder that we are finding our fears and slaying them. Click the link in the show notes to start shopping today. I always catch people up with this question. Knew this, but it's, <laughs> yeah, I always knew this, but um, it's sort of, as I'm going through this journey, it sort of confirms and solidifies that I can do hard things. Yes. I can do hard things. Like if, if running a business was easy, everybody would do it. If everyone yeah. said yes to you, everybody would do it. Like, you know, it, it, they're called uh, character building moments. Yeah. And so I know that, you know, all right, God, you said to do this and it's going to be hard. It's not going to be easy. There's going to be a lot of people who will say they have your back and then they don't. Mm -hmm. um, there's going to be a lot of people who don't even believe in what you believe in. Like, why do you got to be so extra? Let me tell you about the people who think that you're extra. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I just kept, had to keep believing that, okay, I can do hard things. Yeah. I can do hard things. And so that's my biggest lesson is that because I did that, I can do this. Yeah. That... Because I was a teenage mother, that was just, if that's the epitome of my struggle, yeah. I can do anything after that. Right, right. You know? No, that's so, so good. It's just like a repeating lesson. It's a repeating lesson that I have to keep reminding myself, Sharice, you can do hard things. Um, I sort of have this like little life motto. And when I say it to people, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> But it's one of my Sharif-isms. Yes, I have Sharif-isms. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Because there's little quirky things that only I say. And when I'm, like, gone off of this world, people will still be thinking of my Sharif-isms. Oh, my gosh. And one of my, <laughs> one of my Sharif-isms is, if Yan can cook, so can you. <laughs> and so there's a little story behind that. Like, why do I say, if Yan can cook, so can you. I was going to say, so who is Yan? Oh, <laughs> I'm about to tell you. I'm about to tell you. I'm glad you asked. So 
when I was a wee little Sharice, <laughs> I loved the Power Rangers. Yes, I did. The original Power oh, Rangers. They, they Kimberly and Tommy. Remember when the White Ranger came out? Yes. yes I'm old, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I loved the Power Rangers, so I would run home from the school bus and watch Power Rangers. Well, after the Power Rangers went off, nothing else would come on TV. So one day, I was just randomly flipping the, the TV remote. And I came across this little Asian guy on TV. Now, this was before the new the Food Network ever existed. There was only three cooking oh, shows on TV. Charisse, I know exactly Wilson. who you're talking about. I'm about, about. <laughs> to tell you. I'm about to tell you. And so he was on PBS, and he was cooking in his walk. And I was like, yes! this is good. This is better than noodles and noodles. This is great. <laughs> and so at the end of the show, he would say, if Yan can cook, so can you. Sure, and I adopted that as my life motto, like my mantra in life. If Yan can cook, so can nothing to do at all. But rather, if Felicia can step out and start her podcast and run her business and have the odds stacked against her, Sharice can do it too. Yeah, yeah. If this person can do that, I can do it too. And yes. so I adopted that as like my theme for life, you know, that. I have to keep playing that loop. You've done hard things before. You've done hard things before. Okay, this is a lesson. Yes. I'm just repeating the same lesson. Life is the same lesson over and over and over, to be honest with you. That's the way I see it. That yeah. Every day you're learning the same lesson. Do you want immediate access to new episodes, products, events, and freebies? Join the Slaying Self Doll family today at www.feliciawallace.com. That's www.p-h-i-l-i-c-i-a-w-a-l-l-a-c-e.com. Oh my gosh, Sharice. First of all, I remember that show. So... I literally, and the reason why I remember is because there was a commercial or something that came on. And I remember, I can't remember how old I was, but I remember looking at it and maybe he was talking, but I do remember the guy, he'd always pointed the com- point at the TV when he said, so can you, but there was like something where it was like phone, right? But it was like F-O-N. And so I remember going to my mom and being like, I can spell phone. And she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, F-O-N. <laughs> She was like, uh, good job. But I was, I probably like five or six, but I remember, I think that's when I, my love for cooking started too. Like I would sit there in front of the TV and I would watch him too. Yes. I know exactly who you're talking about. My life goal is to meet Martin Yan. So Martin Yan, if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> we need to meet and become BFF because my life is forever changed because I watched your cooking show. Yes, that is, you know what? I'm going to start thinking about that. Like, that is a great Charisse-ism. It really, really is. It is. It's a Charisse-ism. Like, it has nothing to do with cooking. Like, but there's a story behind everything, you know? Yeah, that's so true. So with Cherie, She Rises, because look, I'm like, it's not Cherie. She Rises. What do you, so what do you all offer the community? What is going on Ooh. with She Rises? Give us the lowdown on what you all do. I'm glad you asked. So what She Rises is, is we're an organization that provides support to teenage moms. Okay, so what does that really mean? So I, it's based on what I felt that I needed at that time that mm. I never received. So there's, it's based off of three core pillars, um, academics, life skills, and emotional wellness and health. Wow. And so with academics, we want to ensure, like my vision for that to, is to ensure that the girls graduate from high school, mm. not only graduate, 
but go to college and graduate and finish on time. Yeah. I read like a stunning statistic and it like broke my heart that only 2% of teen mothers graduate from college. Wow. 2%. Did you know that? Wow. Not only was it 2%, but I'm part of that 2%. Like that, that's got wow. to change. Yeah. That's yeah. got to change. So education is so important to me because I feel like that was sort of like a driving force for me to be where I am today yeah, yeah. Um, was making sure that I, that I knew not new things, but that I got the proper education to be able to move forward. Yeah. And so there's academics woven throughout the entire program, ensuring that they receive um, academic support, whether it's in tutoring or GED prep or whatever have you helping them map that out because sometimes you can't see it for yourself. Yeah. You need to have someone show you the way, like, I don't think I can go to college because I have this baby and who's yeah. going to watch my baby and who's going to do this and who's going to do that and blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, that's hard. Now, there's even a story about how pressed I was to finish school. Do you remember the DC sniper? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I, I, sniper? yes. I remember staying at the, standing at the bus stop because I didn't have a car and say, I got to get to class tonight. I got to get to class tonight. And the DC sniper was on the loose shooting people. Wow. <laughs> but I was just that determined. Like, I, yeah. get this done. I was determined to get it done. And so I think for these young girls, if they could just have someone tell them, okay, not only can you do it, but let me show you how yeah. you do this, this, and this. Yeah. You know, because they can't see it. Yeah, they you're get right. Stuck in, I don't know how syndrome. Yeah. They can't see it. And so then we also offer life skills management. So what is that? All right, so you're a mom now. There's a lot of things that you need to manage. Let us help you with a career development plan. Let us help you with time management. Let us help you just figure out some of the, just the hard things that you may not have considered because now you're a teen mom and you just right. don't know what to do. Yeah. Like there's also, you know, um, financial literacy education. We want to make sure that you yes. have a handle on your finances because you may not be working with much. And so you got to stretch that dollar. Yeah. Well, show you how. In there also, let's also try not to repeat patterns and behaviors. There's also pregnancy prevention for second, third, fourth, fifth children out mm -hmm. there. You know, we want to help you with that. You know, I always say I learned my lesson the first time. I didn't have my, my second child until nine years later. Yeah. I learned them a lesson the first time and making sure that's in there. But one thing that I'm really excited about our program that I haven't seen is that there's co-parenting education in there. The oh, fact wow. of the matter is, yes, you know, you're stuck with this person for the rest uh, of yes. your life. Yes. It doesn't end at 18. Sorry to burst your bubble. Yeah. You need to learn how to get along for the sake and benefit of your child. Yeah. That's because absolutely you don't true. want your kid growing up with tainted feelings or whatever of mommy and daddy fighting. Let yeah. it show you how to get along. Now, I didn't say you had to stay with them. I didn't say that, you know, have to pretend that everything, you know, is okay. Teen. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. But let's show you how to do it the right way. Yeah. And so we have that as well. And then the final piece, which is sort of like the cornerstone, is we offer emotional wellness support. And so that's like our wide range of mental health, mentorship, mm. individual counseling and coaching, because some of these girls, they're coming from all different types of backgrounds. You yeah. don't know what led up to the point of them getting pregnant and having a child yeah. Was it because they were abused as a child. Like what, what happened? Yeah. And so we recognize that 
yeah, it's great to have life skills support. Yeah, it's great to have academic support. But if we can't sort of fix the core, which is the emotional side of it, yeah. all those other things won't work. They won't work. So yeah. there's like a three-pronged approach. And from my point of view, my in my research, I have not seen a program in this area that's like that. Mm. Either they focus on one piece, but and they I, don't focus on yeah. all pieces. And I would say that third piece is the most important piece because I don't care it if is. you it's are a teen mom, a old mom, a new mom. I don't care. The minute you have a kid, it changes legit everything at every age that you have that you're a parent. It doesn't matter. And I think that you know, you're, you, what happens is, is that, and this would go for, you know, I would assume for fathers, but for mothers, definitely they're like, there's a shift that happens that sometimes you don't even know that that is exactly what happened. And then you have, uh, moms who deal with, um, postpartum depression and, but you're still required to show up and be a resource to this child or be a resource to your family, but you can't really deal with, what you need to deal with on the inside. And I'm saying that from being, you know, having a kid at 27 and 29, I can't imagine being 15 or 17 and being that age where your, your brain and your body is still developing and you have another person that depends on you. Like that is so good. That part, like that emotional part is that is, that is clutch right there. Want to connect with me before the next episode drops? Come follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Swing Self Doubt. I can't wait to meet you. <laughs> well, I'm glad you think so. That was really, really important to me because, like you said, you know, I had some feelings that I was dealing with within myself, but I definitely had to suppress it. I couldn't, you know, yep. express it. And so it started manifesting at a later age, and I had to mm. deal with it because it was mm. never dealt with when I was a teen. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That is really, really, really good. So you said it. So are you only based in Prince George's County? Is this only available to Prince George's County residents? It's not. So we, uh, our goal is to service the entire uh, Washington, DC, Virginia, um, and Maryland region. Nice. So if you fall into that DMV pocket, that's who we service. That's awesome. So that's good because that means that um, it's not, you know, like you said, there's a lot of resources in, you know, our area, but they don't, they don't necessarily have all three, right? And so Correct. you're you going to three different, you places. got right, yeah. And so to be able to have everything in one thing, to be able to give you all, all like, because we, the other part about it is, is that you know, even in with children, right? Like we're a whole person. And a whole person has emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, all, all types of needs. It's not just one thing. And so exactly, um, exactly. to be able to give that to your, you know, give it to them. If Once you have it, then you can give it to your kids. Because what you're setting these moms up with is a, like a foundation to be able to pour in something different to their kids. Absolutely. 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 And that was my vision for just being like a, the, the entire person on the rise, not, okay, I, I graduated. Okay. What next? But I'm still yeah. like messed up in the head or I still don't know how to get a job or I'm still, you know, 
I'm working full time and I can't seem to get along with my with my ex-boyfriend and yeah. he has the kids there's just a lot of stuff in there that people don't really consider when they think about being a young mother yeah. for me I feel like it's sort of swept up under the rug mm-hmm. where oh you can just get on government assistance but how about you give me the tools yeah. so that I don't have to rely on someone else yeah give me the tools so that I can rise yeah yeah, yeah, I love that. Yes. And 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 even if you do need it, you use it for what it needs to be used for temporarily so exactly. that you can be able to move forward because there's nothing wrong with getting help. There's nothing wrong it, with There's nothing wrong being, with getting but help. To but to use it as a crutch and say that well, you know, this is just what I'm like like you said, but you need the skills to be able to do more. And a lot of times we don't have the skills. You don't have the people, you don't have the resources in your area to be able to teach you these things. And you try, I mean, exactly. even even for us, we say you try figuring stuff out and like we're whole, whole all the way whole adults. And we're like, ah, just forget it. I'm not even going to do it. Right. Yeah. And you end up I'm quitting. So do that. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. So, oh man, that is, this is what it is. I just want to just let a young girl know that there's help out there, Yeah. but I didn't know about it. Yeah. Like my vision is for us to be in all of the local high schools so that that when a young girl is pregnant, most likely she's going to, at first she goes to a girlfriend because she doesn't tell her mother. Right. She goes to a girlfriend and then maybe eventually she then goes to her, her counselor at school but social services connects you. She, the counselor will connect you with social services, but that's not they're give you what you need. Yeah. So if we had our programs within the school system, oh, this is a great program for you. Boom, yeah. done. One yeah. stop shop. Yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, that that is so great. Sharice, you are you're the bomb diggity. I'm like legit. <laughs> I'm so just thank you for sharing your story and sharing being very transparent about how you got to this place right here because I think a lot of times you know we see the end result and we don't realize the stories behind how people got to where they are and the passion that they have behind it um, and how it's going to benefit generations to come like this will be something that when you're in those high schools and even in those colleges because I'm I'm going to go ahead and speak it into existence now um, that you are like people are saying that this is what got me to my, this is what allowed me to be able to grow. This is what allowed me to be able to be a successful mother because I had these resources. So how can people connect with you to either, um, maybe they know a teen mom or they are a teen mom um, and they want to, you know, get your resources or if they want to support um, She Rises. Um, in any way, how, how, do, how can people connect with you? So there's multiple ways for um, folks to connect, but I, I want to make sure that I uh, sort of give you the definition of the, the, the age range okay. that we're servicing. We are servicing moms from the ages of 14 to 22. Oh. So, so a 21-year-old, you don't think that they are a teen mom, but we're supporting the ages. Age ranges from 14 to 22. And even when they're 22 and they're still needing support when they turn 23, we're still there because we still have that relationship developed with them. So oh, that's like so to me, nice. Like you never get rid of us. Yeah. Like if you come through our program, <laughs> you're stuck with us. You're stuck with us. So the best ways to get in contact with us is, of course, you can always visit our website, which is www dot she s h e 
dash rises, R-I-S-E-S dot org. Be careful not to put SheRises.org because that's another organization located in California. So make sure there's a dash in there, www.she-rises.org. Of course, you can email us, info at she-rises.org. Um, of course, we're on social media. So on Facebook, we are at She Rises Inc. And on Instagram, we are at She Rises Nonprofit. And of course, if you want to follow me, I'm at Cherise Holden on social media. Well, all of that will be in the show notes, y'all. <laughs> yes, that was a mouthful. You asked the question. I know. So I, I, like, I mean, I, I want to make sure, you know, because sometimes people are driving or they're sitting like I listen to podcasts and I'm maybe cooking, you know, and so sometimes I can just if you're talking, I might just go straight to Instagram. And if I see I find the person and I'll go ahead and start following them, you know, so that's one of the reasons why I say it. But you got a whole lot of that slashes. Oh, I'm sorry, hold on. Let me just make that sure. All slashes, <laughs> asterisks. <laughs> It's a lot. It is. But that's good. You just, even if you typed in She Rises Washington, D.C., that would probably still bring you up, bring us to you, or you bring us to us, or whatever. Oh, well, or you can just contact Felicia because she knows me personally. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, like, you can just ask like, me. Felicia, where's that girl? Ask <laughs> Felicia. She knows. Thank you so much, Sharice, for being on the show today. I truly, truly appreciate it. I'm excited to see um, how she rises. Rises. Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> We're on the move. Great things are coming. Greater is here. I'm so excited. And th- thank you so much, Felicia, for, um, you know, allowing me this opportunity to share my story and just, you know, get the word out there about the amazing things that our organization is going to be doing. Um, and I, I really appreciate you. Oh, you're welcome. All right, y'all. That's all for this week. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to share, subscribe, rate, and review. Until next week, see ya. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.